Peak Wealth Management proudly presents Finding True Wealth with certified financial planner Nick Hopwood and accredited investment fiduciary Jim Pilot. Nick and Jim believe by making simple, good financial decisions, you can retire with confidence. And now let's turn it over to your hosts, Nick and Jim. Uh, welcome. Welcome, everyone, to episode 74. I am Jim Pilot, and I am uh, change of seats today. I'm interviewing Nick Hopwood today regarding the 2020 Hopwood Financial Plan. This has become a, an annual tradition for us over the last couple of years. I think oh, 2018 was... Episode 26. Okay, and then we did it again last year, which was episode... 52. Yeah. But this one will be better because you are involved. Okay. Well, I don't know how it couldn't be any worse yet. <laughs> Before, it was just my monotone voice yeah. without, with no video. Yeah. Right. So now. Oh yeah. The production value is going way up. Skyrocketing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, this is this is uh, this is a great opportunity for us to hear. Um, you know, many many of the clients always hear, "What should you do? What should I do with my money, Nick?" But I think everybody really finds a ton of value in hearing what you're doing with your money and what. No doubt. Um, you know, are you putting your your money where your mouth is, right? Yeah. And these things. So. So I had the idea of doing this kind of at the end of 2017. <clears throat> And I don't, I don't know what was the exact catalyst, but I, I was thinking about my past where people have said, well, maybe like an, an older woman says, would you put your mother in this, mm-hmm. in this strategy? Like, yeah, my mom is in the strategy, come to, come to think of it. And then people say, well, what are you, what are you doing with your money? Right. And it's the same thing that we recommend, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to lay it all out here and... Shocker, right? It's not that much different than 2019 or 2018. But so you probably, you know, if you've heard last year, you might want to just turn it off. Okay, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But this they, one will be. Then they would miss my interviewing day. Right. So that's right. So this one will be much more entertaining, right? <laughs> of course. But but also, right? I've I have a lot of advisor friends, and I have to say, right, they're not all. Mm-hmm. Full disclosure, right? Some of them mm-hmm. aren't. They're not all doing what they recommend, and it's very disheartening and disappointing. Yeah, that I, you know, I can say from my experience as well that that is not always the case. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so this is this is really valuable. This is this shows you uh, exactly what what you really believe in. If you're going to to do it with your own money, um, yeah. you know it's important. Yeah, you won't find me working at age seventy nine because I need the money, right? right? Because I'm doing all the right things now. Right. So I can retire at a, hopefully, retire with confidence at a comfortable age. Right. So why don't you start w- telling us about kind of the basics, you know, the basis of the, fund, the, the plan. What are, what are the things that are the must-dos, you know, the, the beginning stages of the plan? Well, the first thing is making sure you have enough cash, having mm-hmm. enough emergency fund. So we, we carry, um, you know, the six months of expenses in cash mm-hmm. because my wife is not working. Mm-hmm. Right, and we're self-employed, so mm-hmm. cash is really important. Not only do I have to have cash in the personal bank, but also in the company bank, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, we're responsible for, you know, quite a, a chunk of monthly costs, and it has to be there mm-hmm. in safe cash. Right. So you have to have the six months. And I tell people, if you, if the husband and wife are both working. You can get away with three months mm-hmm. because if one loses their job, you still have the other. True. But for a single earner, it's got to be six. <clears throat> yeah. Should we be worried about the rate of return on that? 
that that money. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make zero percent or point oh one is not not good enough. Yeah. So we're seeing. You know, some banks will offer promotional rates. Mm-hmm. You have the uh, the online banks, right. which are safe mm-hmm. and offer a good cash balance return. We have the new Peak Money Plus, mm-hmm. which offers yeah. uh, a nice FDIC safe money return. Uh, and then you have Ameritrade money markets that we can buy mm-hmm. um, and short-term bonds. And short-term bonds, you know, they're over 2%, right? Mm-hmm. And there's no, this is not a recommendation of any specific investment, but... Two percent is a lot better than point point one. Yeah, and if it only takes three days to get your money back, mm-hmm. I'm sold on that. Yeah, absolutely. So have a lot of cash. Okay. Okay. A lot of cash. Mm-hmm. But make sure it's making a couple percent. Right. It's important to still be efficient with it, even though yeah, it's uh, it's there for emergencies. Okay. Um, what about uh, you know first of the month? What are some habits that you have come first of the month? Well, you, you teed me up perfectly here because you know that the answer is we track our expenses and we update our net worth statement on the first of the month. I was on the radio with Michael Spath last week. We're talking about the Michigan-Alabama game on January 1st. We were fortunate enough to be in Orlando for New Year's, mm-hmm. so we went to the game, right? So uh, my alarm is going off on January 1st at like 7 a.m., Update your net worth statement mm-hmm. and balance sheet and expense tracking. So, was I doing it at that moment? No. Uh-huh. But when I filled it out, I was very pleased because last year was a great year, mm-hmm. right? For for virtually all investments, last okay. year was a great year. Mm-hmm. So I'd encourage you hey, go back and look at the end of eighteen and the end of nineteen, mm-hmm. compare the two, and uh, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I think the net worth tracking is is tremendously helpful but even the expense tracking you know we go back to it all the time but how valuable is it to be able to go back and see when expenses start to get out of whack right or lifestyle creep we've talked about lifestyle creep right and it's it's a way to really see see that uh taking place you have the pre-cottage expense Mm -hmm. set up Uh and the post-cottage expense (laughs) set up and it's dramatically different right (laughs) it's called lifestyle creep right i don't know which episode that was but it was a fun one (laughs) Yes, it was. Um, okay. What about credit cards? Do you have any thoughts on credit cards? Well, we don't carry any credit card balances. Okay. But we do spend personally and with the company <clears throat> okay. with the credit card to, mm-hmm. earn, to earn miles and points. So for years, I want to say 10 years, we were using the Delta American Express card. Mm-hmm. And we've switched over to the, uh, to the Alliant Visa card because... The American Express is like a 1% reward mm-hmm. for miles, and the Alliant one is 2.5% cash. Okay. So it's real cash, mm-hmm. and it's 2.5 times more. Mm-hmm. And for the first year, it's actually 3%. Nice. So I just found this out by just Googling, <clears throat> you know, high cashback credit card. Okay. So there's, and, and also, I mean, we're going to keep our American Express because we fly Delta quite a lot, and you get mm-hmm. the free bags and all that. Sure. But... You know, 3% versus 1% was compelling. Um, and uh, oftentimes we run into places that don't take American Express, and it really makes me mm-hmm. mad. <laughs> okay. Right. It's very upsetting <laughs> to me. Because, you know, I don't, I, don't keep, I don't carry around a lot of credit cards. You know? Right. I just have my peak wallet. Oh, yes. Okay. Very handy. And how many wallet. cards do you fit in here? Like your license, your credit card, debit card. Yeah, a twenty dollar bill. You know, you're starting to push it at that point, right? Three or four things. Do I need to have in my American Express and a Visa? Yeah, 
you know, you run out of time or you run out of space. Right. So, so the cash back is good. Right. Uh, what about on a monthly basis? <clears throat> so scheduled regularly occurring savings. Yeah, I like to do things systematically. So every month is the same. Mm-hmm. Right? I guess some people would call me boring like that, but I don't want to have to make a decision each month on what to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the new limits for 2020 yep. for the 401k is 19,500. Mm-hmm. Right. So we just calculate that out, divide it by 12, mm-hmm. and that's the monthly contribution to the 401. Mm-hmm. The match takes care of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I both do the 19,500, and then the HSA. So we have a high deductible health insurance plan. Okay. Um, we, it's a it's a thirteen thousand dollar deductible, mm-hmm. which allows us to contribute to the HSA of seven thousand one hundred. Okay. So that's set up monthly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, not quite six hundred bucks a month. Mm-hmm. We get the tax deduction. Mm-hmm. We invest the money at Ameritrade, mm-hmm. and we will have that money tax free in retirement. Right. So if we go to the doctor, I pay with my my new Visa card. Three, okay. Yes. I get three percent, <laughs> and then we pay it out right. each month. Right. And then just reminding everybody the strategy on that is to not put it in the HSA and pull it right back out to pay yeah. for the bills. Right. Exactly. It's to take advantage of the growth on it. Yeah. So I've. It took me a while to figure that out. Actually, where mm-hmm. we were, we were doing it the wrong way yeah. for many years, and I. It's regrettable. Mm-hmm. But now we've got like three or four years worth of accumulation in the right. HSA, mm-hmm. and it's starting to snowball mm-hmm. so I'm really excited about that yeah absolutely um, the other thing that we do and this is one thing that we it's not systematic each month it's just a one-time deal okay. it's a, uh, a Roth IRA backdoor conversion okay all right so you put money into a non-deductible IRA mm-hmm. and for someone under 50 under age 50 the limit is six thousand mm-hmm. dollars so we put that into the Ameritrade IRA okay and then the next day we convert it to a Roth and so there's no income rules on any of this strategy, and there's no tax due mm-hmm. because you're just converting a non-deductible after-tax uh, IRA. Right. So we do this for my wife and myself. Right. Okay. So that's 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 a great way to go with the Roth. It's a great strategy. Now, yeah, another strategy to get money into Roth besides a Roth IRA is a Roth 401k mm-hmm. if it's offered. Mm-hmm. Now, Peak does offer a, a Roth 401k. But we just really need that deduction right now, that the the double pre-tax. Right. Now, you, you do the Roth, right? I do. Yeah, I do contribute to the Roth IRA. I think there's a ton of benefits to it. And, you know, being a saver early on saved a ton of money pre-tax before Roths were really popular and available. And now that I have the, the option to do both, I definitely take advantage of trying to build up that Roth uh, bucket of money. Yeah, very smart. Yeah. The other thing that we do each month is we add money to our joint brokerage account. Okay. So the reason why this is important, because we have that pre-tax amount that we talked mm-hmm. about, then we have the healthcare amount, then we have the Roth, mm-hmm. right? These are, at, they all have their own place, right? Mm-hmm. The pre-tax one we're saving tax today. Mm-hmm. HSA we save now and later, but it's really that health, because I mean, healthcare is going to be a real problem. There'll okay. be an expense there. Yeah. yeah. The Roth is tax-free later on. Okay. The joint account, right? This can be used has different taxation, capital gains only, but it can be used for anything. Mm-hmm. It can be used for college. It can be used to buy something, a boat. <laughs> <It's> fun. <laughs> it can be used uh, for retirement. Uh-huh. You know, so no strings no attached. Rule. Yeah, no strings attached. 
like no red tape, mm-hmm. but there's no tax incentive. Right. But if you manage the taxation properly, you can have 15% capital gains, mm-hmm. which is nice. Right. And, and to pick up all that flexibility of being able to, to use it for whatever and whenever without yeah. having to worry about a certain, you know, being 59 and a half or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. So like a lot of people, they find themselves in their 60s, right? Mm-hmm. They have social security, maybe a pension, mm-hmm. maybe, and they have a great big IRA. Well... If they need money, they have to pull it out of the IRA and it's fully taxed. Right. But if they use their joint brokerage account, maybe they can be particular with what they sell mm-hmm. and owe no tax, which right. that can then open up other doors like uh, the sweet spot for the Roth conversion. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Get some money out of that IRA into the Roth with paying little or no tax. Right. So I have you know visions of what we can do with that in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I want to have that flexibility. Yeah. And if you want to retire before 59 and a half, mm-hmm. what do you need to do? It's, it's a must, right? Yeah. You have to have that. There's something to. available. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Absolutely. Um, so tell us a little about what you've done with life insurance. Yep. So uh, I'm a big believer in term. We have um, a couple million dollars in term life insurance. It's like each time you have a kid, you like buying a new policy. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's cheap. It's uh, it was from years ago when I was younger and healthier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, I might have to go on some high blood pressure medication here, so that might be a strike against me today. Right. But it, it's really cheap and affordable. The um, the money that you save, then you can use to put it into a Roth IRA or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in two thousand and eighteen, what we did was we decided to buy a cash value investment life insurance type policy mm-hmm. where you put in money each year and it's invested. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of pitched like as a supersized Roth. Mm-hmm. So it's not for everyone. Okay. All right. It's only for people that are going to be 100% committed to it. People that can, that have a buffer of cash flow where they know they can do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, someone really who believes in that tax benefit okay Mm -hmm. so the idea is that if we put it in for like 22 years was our plan that between uh say 65 and 85 Mm -hmm. there can be a nice tax-free benefit coming out okay and that's that's the plan and then the life insurance will be there kind of as a burial policy Mm -hmm. you know the insurance is not there for the insurance, okay. there for the investment part. You bought it for the cash value, not the insurance. Yeah. yeah. So this is something, if you're starting a young family today, right? You're 30 years old and have your first kid on the way. Is this something that that, ever, you know, that people should no. be looking at? No, I would just put them in a term policy, like a 20-year term. Yeah. Because in 20 years, the kid's going to be mm-hmm. finishing college. Right. right. And maybe you're self-insured. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe you don't need any coverage anymore. Mm-hmm. When when my terms expire, I don't even know which years. Probably, probably like two thousand. Okay, so Hunter was born in two thousand seven plus twenty. So there's probably like eight more years left on some of these. Okay, maybe ten more years. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to keep those going. I'm yeah. just going to let them go. Right. They'll be gone. They cover you during the, the crucial period. Yeah. And then once you once you uh, have had the 20 years to continue to accumulate and grow savings. Self, self-insured. Self self-insured. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Very good. Um, and now talk to us a little bit about real estate because I know you, you, you're you a big believer in 
obviously we diversify investments when it comes to you know retirement accounts and so forth but you took it one step further and looked at it as a way of diversifying your overall portfolio and your overall situation. Yeah, I'd like to say our income is tied, right? We charge fees on portfolios and financial planning, mm-hmm. and that's largely tied to the public markets, mm-hmm. right? Uh, my portfolio is tied to the public markets. Mm-hmm. Um, because the income is tied, that means the value of the whole enterprise <laughs> is tied, right? So everything right. is tied to the markets. Right. So we wanted to have a way to diversify away. I witnessed my my, my in-laws mm-hmm. have success in real estate, so they okay. showed me the formula that worked for them. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of ran with it, and we acquired some properties starting like 2005. Okay. Uh, wish we would have done more, you know, in... 09, yeah. 10, 11, yeah, but sure. we were scared like other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we've we've maybe picked up one or two a year on average, mm-hmm. and usually duplexes kind of style. Okay, um, but that's the idea. Last year though, we did not we did not do anything rental wise, mm-hmm. but that's probably because we we bought a property, a cottage property. Okay. So this is not. Revenue producing. Okay, mm-hmm. I want to be clear about that. In but fact, you should check out episode sixty <laughs> before you consider doing something like this. Okay, but but it is fully occupied through the summer. Is that yeah. correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So right now, you know, making a mortgage payment, property taxes are due in a couple of weeks. Yeah, very painful. Right, and just a complete drag. Right, right. But like May thirtieth, right? We're gonna move out there. Yeah. And stay there until August 30th. Right. You know, so that's three full months mm-hmm. where we can live on the lake. Right. And we're able to do this because it's only 38 minutes from here. Okay. So I can swing that yeah, back that's and manageable. forth. Yeah. My normal drive is 20 minutes, kind of double, not so bad. Right. So back to the rental real estate, what, at what point do you think? That's a, it's uh, something that people should consider. What what what, situ- what, what do they what situation should they be in in life to, to think that this might be a good next step for them? Well, you know how when we're doing our planwithpeak.com, mm-hmm. we put the retirement plan on the screen. Mm-hmm. We say, look, we're assuming that this portfolio is making five percent, just to make up a number, right? Something mm-hmm. reasonable, mm-hmm. and we go work through the next fifty years for these clients or thirty years, and we say, if this portfolio can average five percent. Mm-hmm. Here's how it's going to look, right? Right. So, I kind of like to say sometimes it doesn't matter how we make the five percent. Mm-hmm. We just have to make the five, right? So we can do it in stocks and bonds and real estate and whatever. Okay, mm-hmm. your own business that you might be reinvesting in. Um, you know, some people like to flip houses. Some people like to do rentals. Some mm-hmm. people, you know, I've some people they do art, right? Like mm-hmm. they do sports collection. Like let's just make five percent on our money. Right. I don't care how you do it. Mm-hmm. The most common is through the markets, right? Mm-hmm. But with real estate, um, some people are just kind of drawn to it, mm-hmm. right? Some people, um, maybe they're not good at it, but they're drawn to it. Mm-hmm. And then they should stay away, mm-hmm. right? They should try and defer that scratch, right? right. But if if, it, if it's compelling, they're good at it, they can deal with the tenants and, you mm-hmm. know, they have a, they can find a good deal. Well, then what's the harm, right? The benefit is you can put down the downstroke, let's say 20%, mm-hmm. and then the tenant pays off the other 80%. Right. Now, you have to deal with some BS along the way. Like this morning, yeah, I was on the phone with the 53rd District Court. Okay, uh-oh. For eviction. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. It sucks. 
some of the, the, the trials that can come along with it, huh? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I don't know why people think that they can live for free. I don't understand. Right. But when you receive $50 for December rent and zero for January, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You know, it doesn't work for me yeah. and it doesn't work for anyone. Right. So th- those are some of the problems right. that you run into. So because real estate ha- is not as liquid, right, as, as stock yeah. markets, um, do you think people should have a certain net worth threshold or anything that they should should strive for before they dive into that? I think I wouldn't necessarily say a net worth threshold, but a reserve. Okay. okay you have to have cash. Okay. Because when you buy the place, you have to put money down. Mm-hmm. You can't go in zero down. It's, right. it's not going to work. You have to put money down. Then you have to be ready for lost rent. Mm-hmm. You have to be ready to replace the furnace and the hot water heater and paint and sure. flooring. Never use carpet in a rental. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You have to do all these things and they all cost money. Right. Right. So you have to have a reserve built up just like what we talked about at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's a net worth requirement as much as a liquidity requirement. Okay. Okay. No, that's very helpful. Very good. Uh, well, I think this one is more, a, wait, one more thing yeah. on real estate. What drives me crazy is people have these rentals that are poor performers mm-hmm. and they're not willing to evaluate it like with math. They get attached, okay. attached to it. Somewhere. Right. Like somebody says, well, I have this property, which is worth, let's just use easy numbers, a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. And I have a profit of $3,000 a year from that. Mm-hmm. It's not a great, it's not working for me. Yeah. Okay. We want to, with rentals, there's always going to be extra costs that eat away at that 3%. Mm-hmm. So we want to have a 10% target at the start. Okay. And I can show people how to do that, how I do it. It's so simple. Mm-hmm. But uh, I can show people how to do it um, from my point of view. And if everything goes perfect, you make the 10%. But inevitably, things are going to come up and you're going to make less than the 10. Right. Like a, a furnace, a misrent. Right, whatever it is. Right, roof leaks or who, yeah. who knows what. Right, there's always something that's going to call pop up. Right, yeah, Chuck, Chuck, Chuck will get it done. <laughs> yeah, he'll get it done, but it's going to cost you. You know, yeah, there's always a cost. Right. Uh, okay, so as we're starting to look forward to 2020, we're still really early in the year. Um, anything that you're thinking about doing differently, or anything that's on your radar is is maybe uh, something new, or um, maybe that people should be considering. For 2020, well, the one thing that's on my mind, right, is we we got that cottage, okay. Mm-hmm. So you know we we bought it right, okay. I felt like it was it was bought right, mm-hmm. but it was still expensive, right. And uh, and so there's a there's debt that's mm-hmm. tied to that, okay. So I'm really hammered. I'm really motivated to pay stuff off, right. Okay. So uh, we're gonna keep doing. My philosophy personally is build assets, right. 401, 401, HSA, Roth, Roth brokerage account, life insurance, all these things, mm-hmm. it's like cruise control. It's mm-hmm. the same every month. Right. Right. But the debt, right, I want to have that same concept of the same payment every month. Mm-hmm. So we take, I'm always telling people, right, don't do a 30-year mortgage. I like the 15. Mm-hmm. Well, right, I have high standards and high goals. So I put, them, I put everything on a 10-year, mm-hmm. and then we, we try to pay extra on the, on the 10. Okay. Right. So... You know, maybe with any luck, you know, it could be a five-year, right? I don't know. I right. mean, we'll see. But the goal is to, to pay down debt, okay? Okay. And, and then I practice what I preach, right? I put everything on planwithpeak.com for myself. Mm-hmm. And we have, you know, the values of the portfolio. 
expenses, college expenses, uh, which we're doing 500 a month for each kid. Still. Okay, good. Okay. Into 529s, yeah. So I always preach from birth to age 21, 500 a month. Okay. Um, we have, uh, you know, the value of this business and everything as part of our plan, like any small business, like we would do for any small business owner. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I have 100% probability for success. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's what I want. I wouldn't have it any other way. If if it came up, let's say retirement goal of sixty five, right? Mm-hmm. Sixty five is really important because of Medicare. Yeah. You know, we used to say sixty two is really important because of Social Security. That's where Social Security starts. Yeah. But now the the whole health insurance fiasco. You need Medicare at sixty five, and you probably need to delay your Social Security mm-hmm. to be later than sixty two, right? To get the higher payout. Yeah. I mean, we're doing some exciting things with Social Security, uh, but if let's just say if I ran it for 65 and it had an 80% probability of success, mm-hmm. well, I would be making changes today, right? Right? Yep. I would be making changes right now to make sure that it's 100% probability. Yeah. Or if I couldn't somehow make the change, I would change my mindset mm-hmm. with my assumptions and say, hey... It's got to be a 67 retirement for me mm-hmm. if you want to have it all. Right. And otherwise, there is sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's housing, whether it's cash flow, vacations, right? Right. Out, out, to, out to eat, right? But it's about identifying that, that sacrifice early so yeah. that it's, uh, you can make the adjustments. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm 40, so I have 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. And if you make a one degree change with 20 years, yeah. It makes all the difference. It can be in the very world. powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, let's see. Yeah. Okay. So if we do a bonus, right? I put that on the mortgage, right, to, yeah. to help accelerate that. So can I ask you a follow up question on that? So mm-hmm. a lot of times, and we'll hear this from time to time, is people say, "Well, look, my mortgage is only four percent." I don't care. Yeah. But the stock market earned me twenty percent this year. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Because the four percent is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if you find yourself with too much leverage, mm-hmm. you can be sunk. Yeah. Okay. In 2008, in 2009, when your income drops mm-hmm. and your portfolio drops mm-hmm. and you're not... With our debt, it's tied to these properties, right? Mm-hmm. And guess what? Uh, John on Garfield Street lost his job, so he's not paying rent this so month. So the rent's not coming in. But yeah. guess what's still due? That mortgage, mortgage payment is still yeah. due. Okay. So I believe strongly and firmly in, in managing your debt and uh, beyond all else, number one goal should be no debt in retirement. Yeah. Okay. So, so all right, I'm, at, I'm 40 mm-hmm. and I have this 10 year plan. So that takes you to 50. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. But I even pay extra because I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's the Dave Ramsey part of me. Right. I just don't like it. And I don't care because I know that we're not going to make twenty percent every year. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I know we're not. Right. I think it's an often overlooked uh, conversation piece when it, coming to debt is that there's risk attached to debt. Right? Yeah, right. Purely, if you evaluate debt on a mathematical basis, that's where people have these conversations about: should I pay off the debt or should I keep it invested? Right. But when you bring risk into that conversation, the story changes. And it's also, um, you know, you could have a 4% great, maybe 3% great low rate, but it's still 1000 a month or whatever, you know? Right. And 
people forget about that. It's a big monthly amount, and you know, <clears throat> it's, it's actually you know, yeah. it's more than a thousand. You know what I mean? And right. so you have to pay back the principal part, and it's all about that monthly. Every month, it's due. Mm-hmm. You know, and so uh, it just adds risk, and I don't want it. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Very good to hear. Uh, well. Hey, do you want to throw in anything? Like, what are you thinking about for 2020 for the pilot household? Um, You know, it's exciting that uh, 401k contributions have gone up. Yeah. So it's nice to to look at taking advantage of the the maxing out on those. So people who uh, were aiming to max out before, making sure they uh, step up a little bit on that. And the difference between max and match? Is there a difference or is it the same? (laughs) Yeah, it's a common question, right? (laughs) The max is 19.5. For those under fifty and twenty six, twenty six, yeah, twenty six thousand uh, for those over fifty with the catch up. That is the maximum contribution, not the maximum contribution to get the match, which is what uh, we hear so often. People think, well, yeah. I get three percent if I contribute three percent, so they contribute how much? Three <laughs> percent. How about this one? Well, my company doesn't contribute, so I'm not. Yeah, no. not, not interested in saving, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, we, there's reasons to save beyond just what uh, a company may or may not give you for doing it, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up uh, for the Hopwood 2020 financial plan yeah thank you for sharing we appreciate your uh, transparency and letting us see into uh your world and uh, i think we can all take away a lot of a lot of benefit and uh knowledge from it yeah it's a a, a cfp plan for a cfp by a cfp yeah right? yeah and it's i think great. most people uh the clients who are listening to this will realize that um everything you said lines up with everything that you've been telling them for, yeah for we want to be genuine and authentic and transparent Right. I wouldn't have it any other way. Right. Excellent. Well, thanks for giving me a chance to uh, drive the ship here for a little bit. All right. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. Thanks. You've been listening to certified financial planner Nick Hopwood and accredited investment fiduciary Jim Pilot on the Finding True Wealth podcast sponsored by Peak Wealth Management. You can learn more about Peak Wealth Management by visiting peakwm.com or follow on Twitter at nhopwood one.